Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mullins. It's great to have your company. This is a podcast about El Camino de Santiago. It translates loosely from Spanish to English as the way of St. James. The Camino is a pilgrimage, and pilgrims venture in the footsteps of St. James, one of Jesus Christ's apostles. We're talking genuine links to the divinity here. Christ was crucified in 33 AD, and his disciples ventured out to spread the word of Christianity, or Christ's message of love. St. James, and there were two named James in Christ's disciples, James the Stronger, went to Spain or Iberia to preach Christ's message. The locals loved him. He was accepted as a great philosopher, and he fought alongside the Spanish in their territorial wars. But something lured him back to the Holy Land. That luring led to his death. He was beheaded by Herod on his return to the Holy Land, the very first martyr, St. James. And his body was placed in a stone boat and spirited back to Galicia in northwest Spain, buried in a field. And his remains were unearthed in the 8th century. A majestic cathedral stands in his honour. Santiago de Compostela. Hundreds of thousands of pilgrims used to walk in his footsteps on the way of St. James. But COVID-19 has changed everything. But life will return to normal. And as I said, James's remains are housed in a beautiful cathedral in northwest Spain, the destination for most pilgrims. Santiago de Compostela or St. James under a field of stars. I've walked... Just two Caminos. I'm a primary school novice. I know people who have walked 30 Caminos. Some are in their 80s. Some walked with their children. Some walked for forgiveness. Some have walked to say goodbye to spouses. Some have walked to say goodbye to life, their lives, seeking closure for their time on this mortal coil. Others have walked to play music, or some to lose weight. And I've talked before here about walking with Kevin from North Queensland in Australia who walked every day. Every time I saw them, he was four metres in front of his wife, Jan. When I asked him where he was walking that day, he said, to the top of the page. The Camino is calling. I'd love to tell you that things are back to normal, but they're not. And I'd love to tell you that borders are open. People are moving freely between countries and regions, but they're not. This cursed pandemic continues to keep us behind closed doors. And I just wanted to start this week with a shout out to all my Camino friends and all of your Camino friends around the world. Now more than ever, we need to reach out to one another to say, I'm here. I may have met you in Saria, in Portamarin, in Lisbon, in Oviedo, in Pamplona, in Madrid, wherever. I'm here for you. I'm a pilgrim like you. Take me off the path. I'm still a pilgrim. I'm a pilgrim in traffic. I'm a pilgrim when I see someone crying gently at mass at my local church. I'm a pilgrim when I see someone who can't get onto the bus. I'm a pilgrim. I want and long for simple. I want and long for time and space. I wish pilgrimage was a wish, and I wish I could make that wish come true. 
I always start with a quote and something to inspire us. But I hope these podcasts provide a little respite in your reaching out. So my quote this week is from me. Be brave enough to believe you're brave. In this COVID season, be strong. Be prepared to dream. Plan your Camino. Things might not work out, but as I understand it, the Spanish councils are looking until May the 9th before they remove restrictions in place. Now, I've also received messages from people who have completed the Camino on their own terms and with absolutely no resources from local communities on the ground. We can only hope and pray that life will be back to normal. But I know, and so do you, that's most probably a forlorn prayer. And I'd love to say our future depends on us, but it doesn't. Our future depends on our local community, our dedication to eradication in our neck of the woods. If you're lucky enough to be somewhere, you feel safe. Savor every moment. And if you're lucky enough to live somewhere where you can offer safe haven, raise your glass and celebrate. The rest of us are waiting to raise our glasses, but it won't be long. Be brave enough to believe you're brave. My guest this week is back for a second interview, Stefan A. Pfeiffer. Stefan began walking the Camino in 2010 after suffering a massive burnout. He's been walking Caminos ever since. He's on the line, I think, from Musia. Welcome back, Pilgrim. Dan, I need to correct you in one small part. I'm not living in Mashiach, I'm living in Fisterra. Ah. Uh, about the, the 30 kilometers ahead of. So um, there are those two ends of the world. Yeah. And um, I have my residency here in Fisterra. Yeah, nearby Mushia, more or less at the at the other end of the of the Camino. Yeah. And uh, yeah, about 150 meters away from the from the beach. Oh wow! So now you've been. It's nice waking. It's nice waking up with the waves every morning, oh. except right now as we have a real cold Arctic polar cold wave here in. Uh, <clears throat> In Spain, where yeah. in uh, central Spain, they really reached the lowest temperatures ever, 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 almost Siberian temperatures with minus 35 degrees. Now, one of Spain my... Spain never had that. One of my favorite places yeah. in the world is Madrid. One of my favorite places mm. in Madrid is the Gran Vía, mm. which walks, which heads down from the Plaza Mayor to the palace. Mm. A meter of snow there. Yeah, you may even do it. You may even do the 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 long ski. You may even take the long ski for for passing Madrid. And uh, there had been a TikTok video going viral uh, with about three or four huskies and a sledge just sledging no. through Madrid. It it had been tremendous. It had been tremendous with the snow here in Spain. Normally we have this amount of 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 snow in the Pyrenees, in the Alps, or elsewhere yeah but not in madrid <laughs> and, and so what what uh, stefan what is the snow like on the camino do you know <clears throat> yeah the snow uh, the snow on the camino <clears throat> right now there is snow on the camino uh, but in the time of corona that we suffer all around the world right now yeah. uh, at the moment we have no camino hmm. we're going to get to the, that the province 
the the provinces the provinces uh, shut down they have a perimetral closure of uh, their borders like galicia to to portugal to the asturias to castilla and leon as uh, parts of the country still stuff, suffer a uh, high number of infections of covid deaths so mm-hmm. yeah more or less half europe is uh, like uh, Snow White in a in a in a deep sleep. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's a great. And the, complete, the complete economy doesn't work at the moment. Yeah, you know? how many albergues are open, if any? Um, wh- and what would that represent as a percentage? Do you think? Uh, if the 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 one or the other is open, but um, it depends on their on their status here. You know, the official albergues they are counting to the to the to the host uh, to the to the hostelry and to the hotelry, and uh, they are um, they are even not partly not allowed to open, mm-hmm. or if they open, they may only take about thirty percent. Of the pilgrims on the way who are not on the way um, for for accommodation, so plenty of them. <clears throat> even last year, uh, even last year with the with the first wave, they had to get some some help from from Spain, even from European Union, and uh, some of them had been ruined. Some of them didn't even open anymore. Um, right now, we have between zero and ten pilgrims the day reaching uh, Santiago de Compostela, zero to ten. Golly. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah. So you're in in, in Finisterre. Um, Those of you who are listening um, who don't know about Finisterre and Moshia, um, often pilgrims get to Santiago de Compostela and they walk the extra Mm. couple of days out to the coast. It was always known as the end of the the world. And and that is where Stefan is based now. Do you see pilgrims at all about the town in Mushia or Finisterre? No, no, neither nor. Um, as uh, we have uh, pretty much restrictions inside the the counties of the provinces, like here in Galicia, depending depending on the infection rate. And the infection rate right now along the Costa de Morte is higher than in Galicia. And uh, it's partly that restricted. For example, we had uh, two weeks ago uh, with about 2,000 uh, residents here in, uh, Fist- in, in Finisterre, we had about 2,000 residents and we had 70 infections. So we had an additional perimeter closure uh, here in Fisterra. Two weeks before that, we had the same in Moshia. So there had been no pilgrims allowed to walk into so uh, if there had been some, they had been urged to stop, for example, in Santiago de Compostela. Then they had to look which of the villages is open, which of the counties inside the province is open, and um, had to go by a bus there. And the bus had been the, um, the, the more dangerous thing as nine of ten infections right now actually uh, came of buses mm. or yeah, of uh, of um, mm. people who who just uh, rode the bus, you know. You are you are there uh, in Finisterre. Um, what do you do 
Are you allowed to go and get food? Are you allowed to exercise? Are you allowed to go out for medical appointments? What sort of restrictions are in place? We are allowed to move free inside the county. So we have three supermarkets. We have even bars with the coffee, but they need to close by five, six o'clock in the evening. So during the day, we even are allowed in a restricted manner to get some coffee, to even... with our masks on to sit together and uh, it's uh, it's really like uh, like in a fairy tale land with uh, with a sleeping country right now with a sleeping area yeah you know yeah. it's like uh, everybody is no white or the dwarf the one is looking for the cue for the for the poisoned apple and the others uh, yeah have the have the apple in the throat <laughs> and um, <laughs> just to compare just to give somehow an image and what i do right now is um yeah preparing for the season as we have this year the so-called holy year the anoshakopeo um and we got an official stretch by church by the vatican and by the galician government of the holy year <clears throat> into end of 2022 so the holy year now is stretched on two years that with the end with the estimated end of the pandemia and the restrictions let's say by the second part of the year and with next year people have the chance to see it to to experience uh, the ceremonies just belated then as uh, yeah the, pan- the pandemic knows no calendar, no racism, nothing. The virus just wants to survive somehow, and we want to survive too. Yeah, that's a re- really interesting thing you said just now, um, that uh, the extension of the holy year. Have you been into Santiago in the last couple of weeks since the, since the holy door has been open? What's it like? Yeah, with my mother in, with my mother to to show her the uh, the city a bit as she lives here. Also, uh, normally with my father since third of April in 2019, uh, they migrated here. My father had Alzheimer last year with the first quarantine. My father died on Alzheimer, and we still have his ashes here. We had no mess. We couldn't bury him. So um, last year in summer for about six weeks, I had part of his ashes, what's allowed here in Spain, and walked from Saint-Jean-Pierre-Port to here to to Finisterre, the 900 kilometers across uh, Spain with his ashes as... um, as some kind of tribute to him and also mm. to for the people who lost yeah the first people who who lost their their family members friends and uh, and others and uh, yeah right yeah. now for me it's uh, also the time of change as by the end of the year after 6 years i received back from germany from the press association uh, a press card and i'm also right now officially member of the German Press Association as photojournalist. So yeah. I may leave also to Santiago with uh, with mask, with uh, all protection and safety measures uh, to take photos, you know, for, for, for publications without people. And it's weird. It's crazy. Normally you have thousands of people, even meanwhile in winter on the Camino two years ago uh, before COVID, 
like in winter, <clears throat> it established that the South Koreans and uh, people from the from the Southern Hemisphere, like from down under, came to here to experience the the European the the quieter time to walk, you know, and um, yeah, it's a. Uh, Right now, nobody is here anymore as the South Koreans have been the first to import that virus that uh, spread from China to North and South Korea. And uh, then the Italians somehow also ca uh, caught that virus. And these had been the first two groups of pilgrims being here in Spain. So they had been more or less producing the hotspots directly on the French way, on the Camino. Goodness me. What a mess. It's just so difficult to imagine how it's all going to get back to normal. I want to just take a pause for a moment because, Stefan, you and I spoke, as you said, two and a half years ago um, on yeah, the podcast. Less, yeah, yeah you, had, you had moved over there and the Camino had changed your life. There's no question about yeah. that. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you're based there in Finisterre. Um, do you still feel the energy of the Camino that changed your life oh, yes. now that you are living there? <clears throat> Definitely. You know, the Camino is not only changing as you walk, um, as you may have experienced yourself even with uh, arriving in Moshiach and Fistera, the end of the way is the beginning of the change. And... Um, <clears throat> And it, for me, for me, the way, meanwhile, is also a lesson in terms of the in terms of the pandemia. You know, uh, life, the Camino itself is a Camino. The time with the pandemia is a Camino. It's a stage. Right now, for me, the Camino or life is a Camino with a daily stage to live day by day by day to overcome that. Um, as you may remember from the long stages, like on the Del Norte or on the French Way, when you're on your walk for about, let's say, 20, 25, 30 kilometers, and some of the listeners may remember that uh, one stage in Spain from Carrion de los Condes to Calzadilla de la Cuesa, yeah. where you leave the village and you walk your 16, 20 kilometers just straight ahead, yeah, yeah. like in one line on that old Roman way. Yeah. And, and um, by the, the more kilometers you walk, the more impatient the people normally are becoming before changing to the left to Calzadilla de la Cuesa, where they even have to walk five more kilometers again in a straight line. And then you reach the first bar for the drink. Right now, for me, with all with everything that happens inside, with all the noise inside, like the bar on the right where you have something to drink and then you walk on 10 kilometers with nothing around, that's, that's right now the daily stage. If you take the Camino experience to 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 develop um, something like patience, it's the same right now to have that patience day by day. Day will start, day will end. Uh, take your daily routine you you really you really installed during the time on the Camino, and and uh, tra transfer it to your daily life. Daily routine is getting up in the morning, brush your teeth. Prepare yourself some breakfast, even if it's only a coffee, if you're not hungry. And do a daily routine to 
get into that. That's for me the Camino feeling right now, the daily routine, and then ending the day with a thank you to the to the to our Creator to tell him, okay, thank you. You, I survive. I lived and survived that day healthy. Tomorrow we have another day, and I thank you now for a good night and for a good sleep, and in the morning doing the same again. So the appreciation for the living and the surviving for me as a pilgrim for me as a former pilgrim right now as right now i'm an immigrant in spain yeah mm. is the memory on the caminos no matter how fast I, how slow i walk that one right now it's just in the middle of a long stretch and the pandemia the covid pandemia right now for me is like walking from norway to here Right now, some, uh, I'm just stuck somewhere in the middle of nowhere in France in my mind and have to walk on, you know. It's, um, it's the success to overcome every day and to fill it with purpose, to fill it with love, to fill it with smiles for other people who just, yeah, also forgot or, or lost their hope and, and their smile and just to, to talk with them and telling them, come on, we're in the middle of the stage. Of of course you have blisters right now on your soul. Of course you lost somebody on 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 your life way, but that's the same like we have it on the Camino in a metaphorical way. And at the end of the day, you have the end of your stage. To live here, to learn the language, and even to help my fellow pilgrim, my mother, who is living uh, two apartments of me here in the same edificio, um, to help her through every day. And meanwhile, since more than a year, we have a cat. And so she has responsibility for somebody. <laughs> What's the cat's name? Responsibility of my mother, as uh, it looks, uh, as it looks like on most of the days as you, yeah, you own dogs, but cats own you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a photojournalist. You mentioned before that you had received uh, your approval to be a photojournalist. What exactly yeah. is a photojournalist? A photojournalist? <laughs> In first instance, a person who is taking photos and then is trying it to publishing it, uh, to, to publish it or to distribute it. To um, yeah, to the media like um, like the daily newspaper uh, here, uh, newspapers here in Galicia, for example, or um, as, uh, in combination with articles for, let's say, some journals or magazines, even in Germany, France, by the church or run by the association for 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 the pilgrimages to to report about daily stages about the life somewhere where you normally have a Camino. And um, <clears throat> for me, a photojournalist is a person who is as curious as others, just with the camera taking photos, in my case, of nature, of the environment, and um, spreading some joy and some happiness. As at the moment, there is not much uh, opportunity to sell the photos or the stories. I share it with the locals here. So meanwhile, 
there is some kind of a fan base here around in Galicia, especially at the elderly people who can't leave home right now mm -hmm. because of the restrictions. So they take the photos I put in um, in that one group called Paraiso Fistera, uh, Fistera Paradise or even uh, Paraiso Galicia that I found it about two years ago, just after our last uh, call, um, like Paradise Galicia, to publish their photos and uh, things of the region. Uh, yeah, that, that spread joy, that spread a bit of a smile. Also for those who don't live here, there are plenty of Galicians living in um, Argentina in first, second and third generation in Brazil and even in Uruguay or in Peru, you know. And um, even in the United States, like in Ohio, the the family the, the family on the father's side of Martin Sheen, for example, is from that region of Muxia Camarinas. Really? And so it's it's Gallegos outside and they also love the to 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 see some photos and how their their patrimony is uh, developing. You know? It, it, do do pilgrims how do pilgrims and, and locals feel about their photos being taken? Um, com normally comfortable as um, in first instance, if I take photos of the people itself, I ask them. I, I, I ask them if they allow it. Hmm. And uh, for, for publishing it later, especially with the pilgrims from other countries, <clears throat> I also need a signature on a document. Meanwhile, as oh, the I European see. Union sure. has there's some real strict laws because of the privacy and um, the, 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 the property of the own face, of the own personality yeah. and everything else, um, you suffer meanwhile... Uh, a journalist, a photojournalist is suffering this meanwhile, um, more or less on half the globe. Yeah. But for me, as um, as I'm focusing more on the landscapes, on the land side, as ridiculous as it sounds, COVID, as soon as I may, because of the weather also, uh, travel again around here in Spain with the with the with the press card, and with the people, the ridiculous thing is, people love photos, even from the French way, without people on photos. You know, yeah, like the landscape. Yeah, with uh, the plenty of people, nobody had the chance in the last twenty years to take photos of that. Yeah, right. So I have been one yeah. of the first yeah, on my Camino to take photos of a French way in a situation with people like in the holy year 93 with about a thousand people on the way all over the year, you know, and mm. that's two days, uh, two people, three people each day. Amazing. And that's more or less all for the Nothing. Yeah. And last year I had that situation. I just... Needed really to wait till those few pilgrims who have been there just um, walked on to their to their to their end stage and um, to to their stage point, so or for their stage point and had been in the next village, and I took my camera and I had really pleasure to take photos of a French way with uh, without people. Uh, just the one or the other local in the in the image, and 
those I ask, may I keep the image for public or just for private purposes? And the most had no, they had no issues with it. The only issue you get is if uh, children, as children are involved, as even those oh, sure. uh, people don't want their, 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 their little children yeah. or their, their grandchildren in public. Yeah, of, of course, course not. No, no. And that's what I respect. There, I, I really ask the parents and the grandparents what's possible here. Um, if it's possible to to take a photo from the uh, from the distance, and um, if it's matching the the character of the of the of the environment, yeah, they normally have no no issue. But if I would approach now to a to a child, especially to girls, yeah with uh, four, five, six years, and they have uh, traditional clothes on as uh, it's a festival in one of the villages, and there is normally always something, and I will continue with that afterwards. Um, I really need to ask the parents if they allow me, or ask the mother if she may approach to her daughter or the grandmother to her granddaughter that I may take the two of them in the traditional clothes just for the story that the traditions are preserved here. Um, last year, it had been really no problem. It had been no issue because, yeah, beginning with Easter time, there had been no festivals. There had been no procession, nothing, you know. The, the people got the people got became sick. They got their COVID. Some of them died. We had no masses here. We had no, 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 nothing, nothing. You know, no rituals, nothing to think about. And uh, what had been tremendous for me was I walk. Meanwhile, I speak Spanish. I learned it on the ways here, and uh, more or less fluent for every day's life. And as I came into um, into a village, into a smaller village, and asked if I may sleep there in an albergue instead of the next big point, so I had been very often the only pilgrim in a single room, sometimes even on a farm. And the people asked me, "Why are you doing that? You're 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 a foreigner. You're not from here. Why are you doing that?" And, I said, and where are you going to afterwards? And I said to them, "You know, it may sound ridiculous, but I'm walking home. What do you mean? I'm walking for myself to myself, and I live in Galicia, at the Costa de Morte in Fisterra, at the special point even for the Spanish at the Costa de Morte. Fisterra is the special point because the People are really partly strange here. Sometimes it's a, it's strange. People like in a fisherman's dwarf, you know, outside on the islands. People they really get strange. Um, but on the other hand, um, I said to them, you know, I'm walking home, and I lived there. Ah, okay, but why? And then I just in a in a sm little leather bag yeah in a in a small glass i have some of the, i had some of the the ashes of my father and i said i want to introduce you to somebody and put that char with the ashes <laughs> on the table 
in that leather bag, in that small one. And I said, I want to introduce you to somebody. And, the, and they looked around and, the, and they said to me, sorry, no. it's just you here. No, I said, no. no. For me, it's a, it's, a, it's a tribute Camino. It's a Camino of tributing for those who died and, and, and else. My father died on Alzheimer in Fistera this year, 2020, by 17th of March. And as we also had no Misa, we had nothing. This is my reference for all those who left us this year, including my father. And I introduce you now to my father, unwrapped the glass with the ashes and said to the glass, Papa, this is, and then introduced the glass with the ashes to the people and the people to the ashes of my father. You should have seen the faces, <laughs> especially of the old ones wow. and the old one. They started to cry. And then, then I really realized that the Catholic Spanish never talked that much about their death. They lost their beloved ones without the ability to say goodbye. Mm. And I had it. And I told, uh, spoke with them about my experience. And we spoke about the good and the bad things of those who went. In the end, partly I walked on. Sometimes I remained there in the evening. We had wonderful chats, food and everything. <laughs> and then the next day I walked on, got even as it had been not allowed, but the one or the other grandma or even great grandma. Yeah came up to me and said, I don't care now, I need to give you a hug, wish you a wonderful pilgrimage, pilgrim, thank you for taking us with you. It's the first time that they even had mm. the contact from, let's say, the other side of the bar, you know, yeah, just their mind. And some of them cried and started to smile again because they lost their fear about death, you know as fear is not real. Fear is a decision of a thing that will never happen in future because it's not existing now and it never existed. It's just in the imagination of ourselves. It's a wonderful quote of Will Smith in the, in the movie After Earth. Fear is not real. And with that quote, just translated in Spanish, I talked with the people about f their fears and about fear in general, and uh, that fear is just an energy killer. Mm. And um, on on their level, and in the end, oh my goodness, I had been that that often drunken at the in, on the last three weeks of my of my walk as we started to drink those chupitos, you know, the the the, the Spanish liquors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it had been difficult to fall asleep. It had been difficult to wake up with a thick head. But in the end, in the end, the bisabuela, the great grandmother, always had a real good coffee. And with a good coffee, one with really coffee, a strong coffee, in spare for me that I may drink it. <clears throat> and afterwards, and after breakfast, and that coffee, I could walk on. And um, yeah, it had been another kind of experience to walk, to do a pilgrimage. Letting the people in their homes participate on a pilgrimage, and even if it had been for an hour, and that is the life-changing thing too. You know, every pilgrimage is different. You always get another purpose. And this time, it had been a purpose to walk with the locals yeah. in their mind. What did you yeah. learn about yourself 
Well, when you walked about with your, myself, yeah. What did you learn about yourself when you walked with your father's ashes in the little leather pouch? Oh, two things: that uh, that Germans from the tis- distance always insist on uh, the illegality of things in Germany. When I said, "Yeah, but I live in Spain." <laughs> just telling them to, to just just oppress the German in you once, and uh, yeah, oppressing Germans in yeah, an oppressing German they knew, but oppress the German in you had been a bit a different thought. And then, yeah, and what I learned here about the Camino, about myself, nothing is impossible, even with the ashes, you know. Um, if you have, um, if you if you start to live, start being authentic. So, sounds sounds very metaphoric. It as soon as you start being you, as you are, and the people see the you, you can't be as closed and as owned as you like. But it's so much easier to live because. <laughs> you give a shit on the uh, you, you really give a shit on the on the <laughs> on the on the speeches of the others and this had been the transforming part of the camino last year with my father again uh, for me as the first 3 weeks i i had the opportunity to encounter the one or the other german and and english and french and italian as we had been some people on the walk I walked with uh, with a Dutch family, grandmother, mother, and uh, the daughter, granddaughter, partly. And um, there had been some Germans on the walk um, who tried to bully others. And um, I said to myself on a point, I don't need that anymore. I don't want that anymore. And now I want to learn how to live not in but with ignorance just to to let them disappear off my mind. And before Sargun in Moratinius, uh, in an alberghi where we really had an escalation of, uh, of, um, of a debate with Germans where I said, just, just be grateful. You may walk in the time of the pandemia and you, do, you are bullshitting with other people. That's not nice. And in the end, I said to Bruno, you know what? I can't stand it anymore here. I don't want it. It's not my energy. It's not feeling good anymore. Maybe you can help me out with another place to sleep. And we found an American in in Moratinius. She has a Donativo house. And I had my first single bed there. And a completely single as she had um, as she had two cats. Was and that, one of the cat. Was that with, with Rebecca? Uh, in in, Mor- in Moratinius. Yeah, it was Rebecca. Yeah. Right. I slept in the house of Rebecca then, and the, one of the cats adopted me for that night. <laughs> so I slept with the cat in the bed. And uh, Rebecca really saved me that in that moment. And the next morning, I walked alone. And uh, I decided for me now not to walk with the others in mind. I decided really to walk alone, just for myself, mm-hmm. taking the photos. And as I encounter somebody, I... I really have been fed up with contact to other people from other countries with their ideas of pilgriming as I had my father with me, you know, and the ashes of my father. Mm. And I wanted to honor him. So I started really to walk alone. And it took me about one week to just shut 
down my mind and to shut up in my mind with even with myself yeah. and um during in that process of um evolving um the people partly appeared and disappeared again from my so-called reality and advanced reality and after one week nobody anymore i had been there on the camino for myself i encountered some italian and english we had a really good time as we met each others uh but i for myself um just intended for me and um to stay in that bubble in that i have been so and even with the with the with the corona virus uh, coming nearer again as with the people it spread again more yeah i said to myself no i want to avoid the masses the crowds just because of that virus and it will be a bit more expensive but no matter how i will also sleep alone in a single room and that's what i really did strictly so i had my walk i had my time with the locals i had not been distracted in that moment with the other languages just focusing on the spanish <clears throat> it had been a completely different experience to walk really alone especially in that part with the eucalyptus trees in galicia oh yeah before yeah yeah if you moment you have that smell just on your own yeah for your own, on your own without anybody else around yeah mist in the air you stand there all alone had been first time since 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 the pyrenees in that moment and incomplete yeah and um, in that moment i also recognized i decide if i want to go with or without people as in saint-jean-de-port i just uh, fell back into my patterns to team up and match up with other people in Saint-Jean-de-Port and we walked to run twice we helped each other across the Pyrenees it had been just with less people but just like the years before but afterwards i saw myself like in the mirror and said oh come on that's now everyday's life since 10 years and um a pilgrimage is not a everyday's business it's not an everyday's business it's something special yeah in the time of corona with the gratitude that i may walk it with the ashes of my father and in honor of my parents and the people and i want to do it on myself and so i had a, a teaming up with people and not any more than this bunch of german ladies came around uh, really messing up also with others so i had been really ashamed in that not yeah not ashamed but uh, i really had been disturbed to 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 have myself known as a german too but as i lived in spain i really or live in spain i may change the language and uh, it's not of importance in that moment so i could even speak with the locals sit with them have a chupito a coffee or whatever with them yeah and it had been for me a transforming one to mm. be alone and it had been a f- yeah to to end that monologue also right now it had been for me just finalizing 
the death of my father, who had been in his last two, three, four days of his life here in Spain, in even with his mind in his Alzheimer, forgetting everything, he also had been alone. I, for myself, experienced that staying alone brought me nearer to my life and the people as teaming up with them. The rest distracted with party, with drinking, with wine, with chatting, with laughing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you need to rearrange your thoughts, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rearranging thought is best alone. Sometimes even in discussion, sometimes even just in in that monologue that you find somebody who is listening. If you then find out, oh, it's a Spanish who just heard the voice of, um, you know, of a mosquito, like, there had been something around, <laughs> like, but it's um, it's great to, <clears throat> to get of it sometimes. And um, this is also the point with uh, mourning, with grieving and else. People never learn normally to talk about it, but to talk about it, you need somebody that allows you to talk about it. <clears throat> but as you have that one, do it and you feel so much lighter afterwards. Where, where? And it's a life change. Yeah, it is life-changing. There's no question about that. You learn to live with mourning. Um, it can sometimes overtake you, but often makes you stronger. But I, I yeah. wonder then, Stefan, where do you hope this new journey, this pilgrim journey, where do you hope this takes you as the years mm. pro progress? Oh, no plans about the years in progress anymore. Uh, this pilgrimage right now is bringing me from day to day, every mm. day in the now, you know. Yeah, yeah. I may, I have plans what I may, what, what I may achieve in the next weeks, months or years, of course, there is a plan. As the 25th of July, I give you an example of this year. Yeah. 25th of July is a Sunday and it's uh, the day of Jacobeo. It's the it's a Santiago day. Yeah. The holy year always is in the year as the 25th of July is on a Sunday, you know. And uh, there we have this, uh, uh, this the year of Compostela since about six, seven hundred years, this traditional ritual. And um, this year may be a possibility that Pope Francis will come to Santiago for some rituals in Santiago by the, tw 20, by the weekend of the 24th and 25th. And you may remember that last time I also talked about that in 2016, one day before my 50th birthday, I met Pope Francis on a walk from Stuttgart to of Rome course. and the Vatican. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, with my press card right now, it's the effort to plan maybe a second meeting that I want to have an interview with them. Mm. Or, let's say, uh, Pilgrim Press. As I have that card, I may have accreditation for, for, a, me uh, for, not for a meet and greet, but maybe for two or three questions for the readers of whomever. Mm. And I will take a postcard, where, uh, a postcard with me and Tim, that he may give me maybe his autograph. I don't know if it will work, but it's an idea that I have for summer, just to meet Pope Francis a second time, who in his life has a chance to meet the Pope twice and maybe getting an autograph. 
would be great. <laughs> it would somehow. be fantastic. Absolutely, it would. Yeah. Look, we're, we're running and, out of time. Uh, keep the people updated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of but, course. Uh, and and if the if the pontiff comes, it would be an extraordinary yeah. uh, vote of confidence in Galicia and the people there. Yeah, it's also in Spain, and as uh, the Pope may even install the one or the other um, thing in the in the Catholic liturgy for 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 going on till the end of next year, because we never had a double holy year because of a pandemia. Yeah. Because the last time. As we had pandemia, war, and the big things, this had this is um, it's about four hundred years ago. In the Thirty Years' War, incredible, no? incredible. that war that really split uh, that split up Europe and more or less the entire world into Orthodox, Protestant, Catholic, and so on. With after the Reformation of Martin Luther, uh, Luther about one hundred years before. And uh, that, that's the point. We are we are we are living in a time of change, and um, we need to adapt. And uh, it's um, it's a, it's a fragile life as we experience right now. Uh, who could imagine four years ago, as the American president, for example, had been elected, <clears throat> that the people in the last day uh, ten days of his presidency may even push the red button and use the nuclear codes against everybody just because uh, in his um, in his pride he is um, yeah he is damaged that he may turn against everybody like with that storm on the capital you know it's fragile times it is fragile times right now it's also to remember that we may appreciate every day as a new day, you know. Just imagine you have a bank account. It's pretty easy to imagine. On that bank account, you have 84,400 um, Australian dollars, US dollars, European euros, whatever. And uh, you can, you may withdraw that every day. By the end of the day, your account will be emptied and with the next day it will be refueled with that amount of money. That's what happens every day. Every day. Every day has 84,400 seconds. And then the day is over. You can't refill it again with the seconds of the form of the of the previous day. You can't fill it up with the seconds of the next day because what will happen, let's say, by 10 o'clock as you cross the street and the car is hitting you and then dead. Then time is over. Blau. You know, and um, if you have the opportunity once to see into that, and that's what I had on the last Camino, it's an opportunity to take or to let it or to let slip. What does the Camino mean to you? The world, the life, everything, and um, to even let go. As I'm, yeah, also to let go. 
to 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 <clears throat> you know what you love you need to let go and if it's forever it will return and or it will return and then it's forever for me it returned in that moment i <clears throat> i open the window i hear the waves i open i go into the the apartment of my mother i see the monte pindo on the other side of the bay you know the former sanctuary of the celtics of course and um for me it's every day and um sometimes i catch myself in taking every day just for granted but um taking it for granted with appreciation that it's this day you may do every day a special day and as you start to share the feeling with others let's say share a photo share a smile whatever then life may become also something like a pilgrimage in mind and that's for me the spiritual key someday just to overcome it to understand that you only may live your life like the camino you only may walk your walk you may help others with the inspiration of your walk also to do their walk but their walk any no matter how how intense you are with them their walk they have to do what you forget really easily in groups in a group you say oh we did this walk together of course you inspired mm. you motivated each other mm. but in the end you walked you walk always alone you can't share your view with the others uh, like uh, it's their view you know you can't you can't pull off your eyes and give your eyes that they see through your eyes that's impossible you can't walk their walk you can't walk into the their steps or you can't walk their steps you can't walk beside or in their steps but you will never match it your feet are bigger your feet are smaller it's very metaphoric and uh, and also on a on a philosophic level but in the end you walk you walk alone you are born alone you live alone you die alone the others are participating not more not less even the parents <clears throat> you remember the book the prophet of khalil gibran of course the chapter about the children of course the children are not your children of course they are your children but um they live their life yeah you give them a start but they can't live your life in 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 extension <clears throat> as they have their their thoughts and their thoughts are in the house of god <clears throat> The chapter of the children is a good metaphoric part for walking alone on the Camino. Nobody owns the life of the other. Oh my gosh, Stefan, we've run out of time. That's a, mm -hmm. such a great I, story. I'm ready now. I have to try them out. I need a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you need a coffee. Thanks for taking us yeah. back to the Camino. Thanks for sharing your story and your vision. And mm -hmm. thanks for being brave enough to realize all those years ago that you needed to change, you needed something more in your life. Mm. 
Thanks for your scholarship and dedication to the Camino community. And I'm sure we'll raise a glass together at some stage. And until then, when Camino? Hopefully. But to, to have maybe a last, um, um, a last thought about it. You asked me what the, the Camino changed for me. Yeah. You know, you know the caterpillar? Yeah. I started like a caterpillar in the Camino, right? Now I feel like um, I'm at the end of the transformation in my cocoon to start off as a butterfly again. Oh, how lovely. How fantastic. What a lovely way to finish the interview and what a lovely way to sign off and say, Buen Camino. Igualmente, amigo, hermano. Nos vemos en el futuro. We see in the future. Indeed, we will. Thanks so much, Stefan. We'll talk again soon. Bye bye now. Thank you for time and patience. Bye. Bye. My guest this week, the German pilgrim Stefan A. Pfeiffer. You can find his work on YouTube and Instagram by searching Stefan A. Pfeiffer. P F E I double F E R. Stefan with a double F. Thanks for your company. Thanks for dreaming, sharing, and caring. Be brave enough to believe you are brave. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.